0: Hey everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Ryan Panita for round two, and he's going to share how 2020 is his best year yet, despite the pandemic. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties. And I help entrepreneurs create businesses that support their family, lifestyle and goals through mentorship. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. I do get asked all the time how I'm able to get so much done in so little time how I stay focused and motivated. So I'm actually gonna be doing a little mini series on how to get more done in less time. If you wanna join me on the calls on how we do that, send me a message on Instagram. I'll send you a link uh, to register for the calls. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I do not charge a dime for the show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This would it cost for you to listen to this show. If you get value today, please tell a friend. Either share this episode right now, tag a friend below, or tell them your best takeaway from the show later on. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Ryan to answer. You ready? Dude, all I gotta say is, I've listened to you do that like a hundred times
1: and you do it without any edits. That's yeah. impressive, dude.
0: Thank you, thank you. I've had about, let's see, 120 practices.
1: Yeah, but you know, there's no editing. you just perfect.
0: Yeah, well thank <laughs> you, thank you. So I think first question is, why are you here? you asked me to be did I did ask you to be here this is true yeah but there's a um, we're talking about I think something happened right back around March right and there was a little bit of nervousness about what's going on right and we kind of kind of got corralled we shared some ideas but you persisted and you're still doing well right right what do you attribute that to
1: <laughs> well you know, obviously, the world's a much different place than it than it was uh, three, four months ago. And just so we know, like from the media, they tell us Arizona's is the, the hotbed. And mm-hmm. so I was even kind of skeptical of coming here. Right. And I think it's that's the feeling that everyone's having for anything, let alone investing. Right. Yeah. So anytime investing comes into play, people are usually going to lean on the conservative side on you know what to do. And. You know, when I looked at everything back in March and as it was going down, um, I had a choice. I could say, well, we could play it safe and back off, which a lot of people did. Or I can say, well, is it going to be as bad as we think? You know, should I take a risk while everyone else is backing away? And from looking at everything, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a risk, Right. you know? Um, We just started buying up all of these deals because everyone was backing out. You know, I was having realtors hit me up that I hadn't talked to in years really yeah because they were like hey you know my seller is selling and then open door backed out or whoever backed out the buyer lost their job they couldn't get a loan and my seller is already moving to another place you know we need somebody to buy this right now and we know no one else is buying right and I was like well there's always a price you know (laughs) and so before you know we had certain margins we were going for in vegas typically 20 grand was our minimum Mm -hmm. and then it was like well we're not doing a deal unless we can make 40. and then all of a sudden we were getting a ton of them i was like dude people are really going to give me these for like 40 50 grand profits like a lot of them and i just bought them all because in my mind i'm like at that point how can you really lose yeah you know even if things drop which I don't think any recession really drops overnight. You know, Mm -hmm. this isn't the stock market. Real estate takes time. Yeah. I just figured like even with a drop and you have that big of a discount, you'd be foolish not to buy.
0: Yeah. And I think there was something interesting, right? Because we're all doing our things. We're all living our lives. And then I get this Facebook message, right? And it's from Carlos. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And there's like, I I don't know, like 10, no, 15, 20 of us Mm -hmm. It's like, guys, we need to do a call. <laughs> right, like guys guys, we need to do calls like okay, yeah, I'm in, I'm game, right. And so we jump on the call and Carlos is leading it and I think you and I were on opposite ends of the spectrum, right right? You're like, this is bad guys, yeah. this is real bad, right And I'm like, well, everything's gonna be totally fine. yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. And then I became more realistic over time, right um, but you know what we talked about was there was you were buying houses if it met a certain number, right And I don't have a history of flipping houses. I don't want to flip houses but it came to a point where i was like well i will buy houses if no one else is buying it then i'll start buying it if we can hit these margins right and then i remember jared uh, we were talking we mean we love laughing at jared He's an awesome dude yep and he just is just countering every email with a stupid low offer right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you did that like a month ago i got about 20 offers from jared i also got i only got one but yeah like he's just countering every wholesaler with 65% minus repairs. Right, right. right. And there's 65% of not like top, it's 65% of like average. Right, ARV. right, right. Uh, so, it, but I think there was something interesting that happened there is that we have this concept of, you know, we got to do what's, uh, we got to hold our secrets, we got to protect ourselves, we can't share. And, but there's this community where we're all sharing what's working. Like how are you adjusting? I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Do you, you want to share your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, so I
1: I think I was probably one of the most pessimistic. Mm -hmm. And I mean, here's the deal. I'm pessimistic from the view of the economy as a whole. And I have an economics background and I study this stuff. And I mean, the economy's bad.
0: Yeah, we're in
1: bad shape. It's really bad. Yeah. And I I said, dude, guys, you don't get it like this is going to be really bad. But from a real estate perspective, we had a lot of things that made it so hey, it's still OK to invest. I mean, we still had ultra low supply when it hit. I mm-hmm. mean, we were headed for double digit appreciation in Vegas. Anyways, I'm sure Phoenix was it was popping, too. Yeah, we were
0: looking. We were, we were shooting, I
1: think, like 10 to 12 percent. Right. And so I'm like, even with the economy being really bad, that doesn't mean that real estate is going to be bad. Yeah. Um, and in fact, it means that there may be better opportunity. And that's what I did. I said, look, even though I think the economy is really bad, I'm still going to buy, you know, and I didn't realize that I would be like the only guy buying And Like in Vegas, if you tried to sell a deal in March or April. Yeah, I was the only one buying it. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. And you figure it's a big city. And I just every flipper I knew everyone was running away and they're like, dude, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, whatever. And at the end of the day, I kind of switched my buy box like we were talking about. Yeah, I want bigger margins. Um, but I did some things to diversify my risk. Um, you know, one of them was, Hey, let's really only go after hotel type deals, stuff where we know we can get it back on the market in less than a month. Right. Because times your enemy with risk, if you're doing a new build right now and it's going to be ready in a year, you don't know what the world's going to look like in a year, Right. you know? And if you're doing just say a hundred thousand dollar remodel. It takes you four or five months like you don't know what the world's going to look like.
0: And I would say that still is <laughs> true today. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I'm not doing those. Yeah. You know, I'm, but anyone is listening right now that's like kind of on the fence. You can still do this. Right. Just don't do a heavy remodel. Right. So we switched to just doing, you know, light remodels,
1: very safe homes, safe deals, you know, not buying luxury because luxury is the first thing to fall in a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting during all these months where there was such high unemployment, which there still is, but not like it was, um, we actually saw our best product not selling, which is the cheap entry level home. Really? Because those are the people who lost their jobs. Yeah. So we couldn't sell them. What we saw was people in the three to $400,000 range who still had their jobs, they're self-employed, whatever. Interesting. um, Those were flying off the shelf. I was like, this is so funny. Like, this is a weird time we're in. And um, eventually, once those people got their jobs back, that stuff flew off the shelf. Now we're back to record low inventory, and so you know you see people buying again now. I mean, right. we don't have the big eye buyers yet. I think they will return at some point. Yeah, why are they only active here? I know. <laughs> um, I think they'll return at some point, uh, maybe in a different form. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll have wizened up and not offered so much. But you know, we we really reap the rewards those three months. I mean, yeah. We bought, I would say, I don't know, twenty five homes during that time, and it's like, you got twenty five homes at forty k average profit. It's a million bucks. Yeah.
0: So. That's incredible. So, that was, you know, that three month window. What about today? Are you still the only buyer, or there's more buyers now? No,
1: I mean people have returned now today. Yeah. Um, I think it took time for people to become believers. Um, and you know our market, just like Phoenix, is super hot. Our stuff is flying off the shelf. So I think it gives people. You know a sense of security but it's funny because i don't think people should feel that way <laughs> because you know whenever you're late to the party that's usually a bad sign right and it's like okay yeah everybody's buying them now but now we're pretty deep into this and it's like
0: the ppp's money running out ppp's running, out. running out the ideals gone. gone
1: you know um i mean the people who should got their jobs back pretty much got them i mean like Yeah, there's some places still not open yet, but I mean, for the most part, businesses have either adjusted and not needed those people anymore Mm -hmm. or the businesses are bankrupt.
0: Yeah. You know, that's what it is. Right. And you're in Vegas, right? And that was like, for me, I was looking at the two places I was most concerned about was like Vegas and Houston. Yeah. Because Vegas, because of the, is so tourism heavy and in Houston, how, how reliant they are on oil. Right. And oil's gone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we got Teslas now, so.
0: Right. You know, we don't need it.
1: but. (laughs) <laughs> I would just say, um, it's interesting, man, because every every business in the whole world is adjusting to what has happened. Yeah. You know, you're seeing businesses go more virtual. You're seeing them lean out. I mean, that's, I feel like this event has fast forwarded us five to 10 years.
0: Yeah. A lot of changes that should have happened already. Right. Happened already. Okay. So, um, there was a mastermind you were telling me to get into. Right. And I completely disregard you. I completely ignored you. <laughs> right. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, I joined a mastermind back in December called Collective Genius Mm -hmm. and amazing mastermind. And I'm a part of a few different ones. Um, but this one definitely has the most high level people in it. And it was easily the best thing I did, you know, joining that and getting around those people and building those relationships. And then just really, you know, like they say, iron sharpens iron. Like you're going to get better hanging around bigger people,
0: right? How has that impacted your business? Well, honestly,
1: I don't know that we would have been able to do what we did during the pandemic. Um, well, I guess we're still in it. But during this time, had I not joined that mastermind, because it set us up in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, the first thing was we got hooked up with Doug Hopkins, who you've had on, mm-hmm. and um, who I'm seeing Great after dude. this. And, you know, he got us set up with TV. And mm-hmm. everyone in Phoenix has probably seen his commercial. Now everyone in Vegas sees our commercial, you know, (laughs) same same exact thing. And, um, you know, meeting him and Darren uh, was just a great way to do it. And it's totally changed my philosophy on marketing, where everyone else is doing one thing with texting and cold calling and all that. We're going the contrarian route of, hey, let's be on TV. Let's be on billboards. Let's Mm -hmm. like do what the lawyers do and just be a dominant, you know, market force. And so that's the angle I'm pushing now especially with everyone like trying to cut back on marketing mm-hmm. where we yeah, gonna... you went
0: hard when everyone else is.
1: Yeah. I was like, it. I'm just going to do it. And it's only because I joined that mastermind and I was in the position I was in because we did that, you know, it helped us get reorganized. We changed. Well, you were
0: talking about it before the, uh, before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You were I... in town. We were hanging out for a little bit cause you were in town filming a commercial. Like, what are you doing out here? It's like, <laughs> I'm filming a commercial with Doug Hopkins. It's like, well, why are you doing that? Yeah yeah and we had
1: reorganized we said we're gonna you know we've been successful to this point but you got to adapt as a business everyone does and so i said let's do it this way yeah. and i took myself out from the top of being like the manager of everything put sean bob up there and i brought myself down to being an acquisitions guy and because i realized over time i'm like doug goes on his own appointments mm-hmm. these guys do crazy amount of deals. And he still goes on appointments. was like a million a month. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> and, um, you know, I said, OK, if, if it's good enough for Doug, it's good enough for me. Right. And so I started going on appointments and it was crazy. Like, I realized I'm like, dude, OK, if I am our best sales guy, I should go on appointments, you know, when it matters. Yeah. Um, you want your best hitter hitting when the situation's on the line. So I took the baseball analogy and ran with it. Um, but I wouldn't have did that if I didn't join the mastermind right the other part of the mastermind was I got hooked up with a guy named Gary Harper who um, I think you know great and dude. Um, yeah great dude he came to my office in January paid him a lot of money I dropped a lot of money <laughs> at the start of the year yeah in in faith that it was going to set us up really nice and it did um, he was part of the reason why we reorganized and so by the time that we put everything together we were like running mm-hmm. and by the time COVID hit we had already you know, been doing deals, like really crushing it. And so it was like, hey, we're ready to keep doing this and keep it going.
0: Yeah. And I planning on having Gary come out here for myself personally. Yeah. Uh, and he's gonna be coming on the show at some point. Maybe I should just have it so like, he can help me with my business and then we'll have a show. Dude, um, easy. But I think that you mentioned like the mastermind. And so like, when was it that you called me? I was like, dude, you gotta join this mastermind.
1: It was probably freaking while I was there, man.
0: Yeah. And I was like, now, I'm good. Yeah. Right. And then Gary is the one that recommended me to ch- uh, join in as a, as a sales trainer. Right. And I was like, all right, let's check this out. Right. And then I sent you a message like, dude, I was wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to frame this. <laughs> um, so I think that's one mastermind. You said your other masterminds. Uh, what are the other masterminds that you're in? So I'm in another one called Next Level
1: Mastermind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I run a mastermind for my own coaching program. Right. Um, and then we got your mastermind we're going to do tomorrow right so around a lot of high level people i mean i wish i came up with all these like brilliant ideas but i don't
0: yeah well i wish i came up with all these ideas too but i'm really glad that you can actually invest in yourself to find those right ideas i mean you said you dropped a lot of money at the beginning of the year right but it's compounded oh, dramatically yeah. it ain't even it ain't
1: even a question
0: yeah so one other thing that's fascinating is that our friend kong in Washington. Yeah. Right? Said, "All right, Ryan, Steve. You guys need to start doing TikTok." <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, Kong, I'll do it." Right. And I posted one video. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're kicking my butt a little bit. Right. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so that was also part of the mask. Master-
1: That's how I met Kong. Was that collective genius. Okay. okay. I didn't know him before. I just man, I seen this little crazy Asian guy. I'm like, who is this guy, man? He's like, he's out of this world Lots man. of energy.
0: He's like a little tiny Brent Daniels.
1: Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. And um, I was like, I like this guy, though. So we met we met there and then um, on our second mastermind, which you know is done every quarter, you know, him and I got to chatting in San Diego. And while we were actually at that mastermind, that was when it started to get serious with mm-hmm. the pandemic. Like they canceled the NBA. They did all that. I was like, OK, it's about to go down and Kong while I was there was I did a presentation because in the mastermind you have to give a presentation. And I did mine on social media. I said, hey guys, my best ROI is social media. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, being on this show right now will make me money. Right. I will get a deal. I'll do something that gives me an ROI. And it costs me nothing, right? Yeah. So social media, if you do it right, will make you money. And so I did this whole presentation. I actually got the belt for the group, which is the best presentation. Mm-hmm. So They liked it. And Kong was like, you got to get on TikTok. You can't be giving no presentation and you ain't on TikTok. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I'll get on TikTok. And um, I didn't know how to use it. And I'm like, it's stupid kids dancing around. Just like, this ain't my personality. Right. And over time, during the pandemic, being at home,
0: nothing to do. I'm like, I guess I'll film some TikToks. I still remember that, yeah, because you I saw your first one was like, what investors do during the pandemic. Yeah. So that's when it started. Yeah, because I was just like, I have nothing
1: to do. Like, I'm yeah. just going to film TikToks. <laughs> and um, I think right now I have like 130,000 followers in like three months. Yeah. And these aren't paid for followers or shout outs or any. Like these are just, they've happened. Right. And TikTok has been crazy um, in many different ways. Um, I've met a couple of like, big influencers mm-hmm. who want to invest in real estate and so they they're going to be a private money source. Wow. Um yeah, and that's from TikTok. So um I need to really do it. I know. <laughs> We've gotten some agents, I've gotten some students. Like it's legit. And agents? Yeah. Dude, there there are realtors on TikTok. Man, I'm really missing it. I really should have listened to Kong. You should have. <laughs> and um I'm just like, man, I saw Gary Vee talking about this like for years. Years, you know? TikTok, LinkedIn, TikTok, LinkedIn. It's all he talks about. Yeah, he freaking you would think he's getting paid by him maybe. But um, I'm like, I wish I would have just did what he said, because Mm -hmm. even though I've grown really fast, (laughs) like I can't imagine what it was a year ago, how quick you could have grown. Yeah. And it it will. And who knows? I mean, they just came out a thing yesterday. They're like, the US is going to ban TikTok and who knows? I mean, it could just have been a waste of my time, but we'll see
0: well but you still already got the roi right you got the relationships you got the connections you got agents working for you which is news to me right um so i think that's phenomenal right and then i think you also said that it's feeding into your youtube channel which is another venture right so right with TikTok, that was when i started looking at youtube and it's Mm -hmm. funny
1: because like everyone knows what youtube is but yeah me personally i didn't watch youtube at all you know i just instagram was what i pretty much did if i was like bored but YouTube was like, I don't have the patience to watch a 10, 15 minute video. I don't. And I just like I had so many people on Instagram saying, dude, you need to get on YouTube. Your content's good. Um, you would do really well. There's not many like big guys making consistent content, you know, on YouTube. So mm-hmm. I said, all right, I'll check it out. Tell me who are the best guys. And so I looked them up. And um, one of the guys we were just talking about was Graham Stefan, who I made a video on and um, He had a YouTube course and I was like, I'll just take his course. Like, I'm always down to learn. Mm -hmm. And I saw how much money he was making on YouTube. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna like go pretty hard at this. Like this is ridiculous what these YouTubers make. Right. Um so then I became a believer.
0: Yeah, and so one thing that was really impressive, right? I was actually so I have my weekly calls with Jamil. I was like, Jamil, like you got your YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe to Ryan. I hate how well he's doing this (laughs) fast. But we both got to subscribe to Ryan, so you got two subscribers from that call. Oh, sweet. because um, we got to see like what's working really well, right? And right off the bat, your first video looked like you've been doing this for some time. Right. And so that's one of the things that's really impressive, right? You could just go out and make a YouTube channel, right. anyone can make a YouTube channel. But you did the research, you made it look good. Mm-hmm. I was like, who's your editor? He's like my wife. <laughs> Shout out to my wife. <laughs> but you did really good work, and I think that's like um something, f- you know, to for people to see as well. It's like if you're gonna do something, you gotta do it right. Yeah. You know, you can't just like just throw spaghetti on the wall. Right.
1: Well, look so. what we got. Like I've been um I've been vlogging this whole trip. You know. Right. I should turn it on right now, but I won't. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's like. It takes just as much. Eff- I mean, it takes the same amount of effort and time to do anything. So yeah. you might as well just do it to the best you can. Yeah. And when I decided that YouTube was worthwhile after seeing what everyone had been telling me for years, just like TikTok, they're like, mm-hmm. you got to get on YouTube, You got to get on YouTube. And um, I think somebody had even told me about Brent, who you were just talking about, mm-hmm. like, you know, what he's doing on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I mean, all these guys, it's not like they have millions of subscribers. Like they're doing a great business with you know, a few like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. And then you see a guy like Graham who's got two million and you're like, okay, you can make some major money, like multiple millions every year. And it's risk free. I don't got to go risk all my money on all these flips. All I got to do is just make some cool content. So I was down with it after I really understood like what it was about. But then the next question was, like you said, is like, okay, it's one thing to know what's possible but how do you actually execute? Mm -hmm. And that was, I was like, okay, I need to watch the people who people like. And so I just watched Graham's stuff um, because he's the best, he is. And so I said, I'm gonna learn from the best. Just like in the the real estate business, after I got hooked up with Doug and what he was doing on TV Mm -hmm. and seeing how much he makes every month, I said, you know what? I'm gonna throw everything I know out the window. And I'm just gonna pretend I know nothing and see like, hey, if I'd learn it from the best, what's it look like? Yeah, come in with an empty cup. Yeah. And right. that's what I did with YouTube, and it's it's been super successful for just starting out. And it's only because of you know emulating other people and
0: learning from other people. Right. So, Tech Talk helped you get hard money or private lenders, right? And real realtors to work underneath you, right? Because you also own a brokerage. For those of you guys that don't know, right? What has YouTube done for your business? So
1: YouTube, you know, I've only been on it for two months, mm-hmm. and I I, I mean. I'm releasing three videos a
0: week right now, which is crazy. But you talked about you told me it's actually not that hard for you <laughs> No, And I'm
1: actually probably in next week. We'll start doing five a week. Yeah, um, but YouTube's been great. Um, I don't I don't think we've gotten any deals from it. But like I said, I have a coaching program. I've already gotten a couple of students from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think about it, YouTube is kind of the ultimate way to go about it, because let's just say you're on Instagram, right? I follow Steve. Um, If I follow you yeah like all I can do is look at your pictures (laughs) you know like that's it like how do I know how legit Steve is well I can look at your stories right but Mm -hmm. they're not there forever and they're only 15 seconds yeah and so it's like I'd have to follow you for a certain amount of time to really know if you're legit whereas YouTube is a catalog of everything you've put out in long form right you know so if I have a hundred videos someone could binge watch all 100 and come away knowing within a week like I want Ryan to tell me what to do. Because, yeah. like, I I can see it. He's legit. Whereas you can't do that on other platforms.
0: Right. And you know what's funny? <laughs> well, that funny. Terrible. It was a terrible waste of time. But I had someone this morning uh, come to my office at 9 a.m. because there's an agent in my office who's listed at her house. She's old, and his first name is different than what's on the Department of Real Estate. So she's like, let me look this guy up. He's not real. Let me look up his, 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 uh, his boss. Okay who's closed his office because his lease expired and he didn't renew it. So on Yelp, it's closed. <laughs> so that's two flags, right? And so they're like, I want to meet the broker and make sure he's real. So we, she comes in, she's like 88, really actually pretty spry for an 88-year-old, comes in there are two sons who are way older than my parents, mm-hmm. you know? And they just want to make sure that I'm a real person, <laughs> right? I'm the, like, Holmes Realty is a real brokerage and like there's a real designated <laughs> broker. And her first question to me is like, are you a realtor or are you an investor? I wanna make sure you're not trying to steal my house. But how does she know I'm an investor? Right. YouTube. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what comes up when you're Googling me. And so it's just really interesting. Like, like you said, you can get someone's profile, you can get their personality, who they are by YouTube. But in that specific instance, didn't really work for my, <laughs> <to> my advantage. <laughs> right. But it's just interesting how that, how, how that uh, you're right, it, your, your personality can convey can come across with video that you can't on Instagram and Facebook. You know, a lot of it's private, so they really can't tell
1: No, And I mean, the other part of it, too, is even with Instagram, like, yeah, you could do long form content, you could do an IGTV, right, and Mm -hmm. it'll stay there. But the problem is you can't search for it. How do you get found on Instagram? How would you know to find some new content? only someone shares the content to you. Someone has to share it or word of mouth, right? Yeah. Someone has to shout you out. So pretty much anyone with any following on Instagram is due to getting a shout out or whatever. Yeah. Um, with YouTube, they can find you organically. Yep. I mean, it's owned by Google, the biggest search engine in the world. So somebody- And YouTube number two. Yeah. And so it goes, if I search how to flip houses, I would just hope that I can create a video that ranks at the top and that's it. And I will right. be found
0: and then they will watch the rest of my stuff. So we were just talking right before we started. Uh, I was joking about like, the number one search term <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. Steve Trang net worth. Right. And I brought that, I was like, actually, mine is- Ryan Pineda net worth, it's the same thing. And what did you say what well, you're gonna do because of that? I'm gonna make a YouTube video on it. I mean, how brilliant is this, right? Like right. you're just taking what Google has told you people are searching for, for right. you and just right. make content
1: on it. Absolutely. And, you can do that on YouTube, too. I mean, that's one of the things Graham talks about is like, okay, if I want to make a house flipping video, why wouldn't I just search on YouTube house flipping, and then see what it predicts. Mm-hmm. And then you make videos based on all those topics, because right. you're going to rank high.
0: Yeah. So, so let's just take for someone here, because uh, we talk about mastermind, we talk about social media. So right. if someone's mastermind or wants to get into mastermind, right, like they've done some deals, I'm assuming you've had to do some deals, because I mean, would you recommend someone going to a mastermind if they've never done a deal?
1: Uh, I, I mean, they I they won't
0: let you in one right <laughs> like yeah so yeah. say so you're doing a couple of deals and you want to join a mastermind right what would you suggest for someone that wants to join a mastermind that's tough man a lot of these masterminds
1: aren't like super public they need to do a better job of social media marketing so people know who they are
0: well I talked to Jason about that last week yeah they need to improve
1: <laughs> and I've talked to him about it um but it's like if I was new in the game I mean I personally was doing deals, and I didn't get into a mastermind until, I think, Collective Genius. Like I think yeah. I can't. Well, no, I, next level is before that. I'd been to events and seminars, but mm-hmm. never a legit mastermind where it's very exclusive, only you know like-minded, like-level people, because um, it's just a different type of conversation. And the for those who don't know what masterminds are, it's a little different from hey me Ryan the the teacher teaching you. It's hey we're all really good at what we do. We're peers. We're peers. And so we each are going to give something of value and Mm -hmm. we each are going to ask for something of value because somebody's going to have the answer. Yeah. And I'm going to learn something that Steve's doing or whoever's doing because I never even thought about it. Right. So you
0: get so many perspectives in the mastermind. Um, So just to clarify, guys, like masterminding, I mean, it's something that um, Napoleon Hill talked about in Thinking Grow Rich, right? And so there's coaching, right? Coaching is you, you pay someone to learn from them masterminding you're paying an organization right but you're it's, it's like a country club right where like you're joining an organization but you're hanging out with people that have answers right that are living this business right because like one of the things people uh, it's funny uh, max maxwell post, posted a video a couple weeks ago it's like how do you how do you vet a guru <laughs> right right and i think that's an important topic but if you join a mastermind you don't have to vet the people in there yeah the, the organizers
1: vetted. have already done it yeah. And by the way, if you want to vet a guru, just, you know, go get their LLC name
0: and see how many deals they do. It's not rocket science. It's not. You just gotta find their LLC name. Right. I, I don't know, like if someone brand new in Vegas, right, is like, Hey, I was watching some content and they haven't found you on YouTube or Instagram, just a couple people will say, Well check out Ryan Panita. Right. Right? And this and someone call, someone calls you and like, say, Hey Ryan, I have some people say I need to learn from you, right, as a wholesaler. Mm-hmm. Can you send me your HUDs? What's your answer to that?
1: No, I don't have time for that.
0: Right. So, as a new guy who's trying yeah, to vet a guru, I would like...
1: say, and this is no, I mean, I get this question. You yeah. know, I don't, I, I have people that say, Can you show me your tax returns? Mm-hmm. I'm like, No, like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not just giving you my, my socials on that, like everything. <laughs> so, um you know, I think if you want to vet a guru, if they're a flipper and an investor, all you would have to do is just say, these are my LLC names. You can go look what I own right now. You can go look up everything I have owned. super mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. Wholesalers. It's tough, man. And that's why wholesalers get a bad rep is like, you know, it's very anonymous. They yeah. don't ever show up on the records, you know? Yeah. So
0: it's hard to say what they really do. All right. It's really hard to vet. Okay. So we talked about masterminding. Is there anything else you want to add to that before we transfer to so- uh, transition to social media? Uh, with masterminding?
1: Sure. T- I, uh, well, I guess I never even answered your question on what people should do. I would just say, <laughs> that's that's a good question because every mastermind I've ever joined is from word of mouth. I just randomly heard about it. Somebody yeah. else told me about it, like a f- secret society or something. Kind of is. Yeah, like I, it's like you got to be invited to to join in, and I just. I don't even know how you'd
0: find it. I mean, yeah, you could I'll, Google
1: it, but- The only
0: reason why I knew about Collective Genius is because I was at a Sean Terry event. I was like, okay, who's coaching Sean Terry? Yeah, yeah, right? he used to be in it, yep. Yeah, so that's the only reason why I found out about Collective Genius until you and Kong were both like, Steve, join us. <laughs> join <laughs> us, we offer, <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you in. Um, And so going to social media now, so we said TikTok, we said YouTube. right? And we haven't touched LinkedIn yet, but. TikTok someone wants to get started on TikTok like what, what advice do you give somebody well you know number one hopefully I don't get banned
1: here um today but um <laughs> yeah if you're gonna get on TikTok know that um I guess with any platform know the demographics so TikTok is very younger it's very international um I think if you pulled up my followers like half of them are U.S. and it's not that like they're fake or anything it's just that's what TikTok is it's international well, it's- um from kinda, China, kind of owned by a Chinese yeah. so, by agency, but no big deal. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so just know that, hey, it's going to be younger international audience. And um, you got to really grab their attention. I mean, it's like any marketing. If you don't capture someone's attention within like a second or two, they don't watch it. Yeah. You know, so you have to make something very eye catching those first couple of seconds. And then it's just like any content. I mean, you got to pick a niche. What's your niche? Um, if we're all in the real estate niche, um, you know, we got to make content geared towards that niche. I think a lot of people just do random videos with no rhyme or reason. So they'll be dancing one video. They'll be doing some real estate one video. They'll be doing their family one video. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're just not going to grow. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, people follow you because they
0: want a certain thing from you. Gotcha. So you're saying kind of like Instagram, you want to have like maybe a couple things, but not everything. Right. Or like YouTube. Like, I think. One of the mistakes that some YouTube guys will, will start when they're starting a brand new channel is like there's a video on like this movie review, right? And then this restaurant, right? And then whatever, it's not, yeah, a you, theme. you gotta have a niche,
1: yeah. People, you can't confuse people, people aren't that smart. I mean, that's what it comes down to.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> the, Dan Kennedy, right? He's one of the uh, godfathers of marketing, he talks about you gotta market as if everyone's a third grader. You really do. I mean, it, it's not to be offensive. It's just the reality of well, it's the marketing. times. It, it's everyone is so freaking ADHD right now. If you don't grab their attention, right, you're, you're irrelevant.
1: Well, and here's the other thing, too, is um, I mean, literally TikTok, you are going to get third graders. I mean, <laughs> like you might, you know, you're talking third to middle school. Like I get so, I can't tell you how many middle schoolers I get. They're like, dude, I want to do real estate, but I'm not 18 yet. Like I get that all the time on TikTok. Right. And I'm like, partner up with someone that's 18. Like, go, go. you could still go do something. Well, like, what's
0: funny is like, I had someone, you know, suggested friends on, on my phone, right? TikTok. And I, so I followed her uh-huh. and I sent her a message like, do you just let your daughter just go on TikTok all day? And she's like, I have a TikTok account.
2: <laughs>
0: Dude. Yeah. So there so you So <laughs> it totally burned her daughter there. Um, <laughs> so going back, so, you know, your audience is younger, but their parents ended up becoming your private money lenders. Um, so no, I've actually had that, um,
1: that scenario too. I didn't even talk about that. I've had scenarios where, yeah, the kids see me and they tell their parents and the parents want to either, you know, get in my coaching program, invest, like they want to just do something in real estate. Mm -hmm. Like we've had that happen a lot. Yeah. Um, but no, like one of the private money lender guys, um, is actually a YouTuber, famous YouTuber. I'm not going to say who he is, but he's got millions of subs, Mm -hmm. super young too. And, um, he's like yeah you know i love real estate he's sharp and um he lives in vegas Mm -hmm. so he was like hey you know i seen you're in vegas you're doing this like let's get together so he i can't take all the credit for you know why youtube's been going because i also have a guy who's got like you know a million millions and millions of subs helping me all right another mentor
0: another mentor right so with youtube just download graham's course and that's it or is there anything else you want to suggest someone that wants to do yeah i mean that that's what I would do. Yeah. That's probably what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about LinkedIn as well. Have you had any luck with LinkedIn? I can't get any free contraction on LinkedIn.
1: No, and you know, I told myself when I started TikTok, I was like, I'm gonna just do both, right? Mm-hmm. Like Gary v says. And then TikTok had success, and then LinkedIn was just like, meh. It's and, like molasses. Well, and also the problem with LinkedIn is it's like literally spam after spam DM. Like my process now is accept mute. <laughs> Yeah, like except I, mute, I, I if I looked <laughs> on my LinkedIn, I probably have like 100 messages that are like, thanks for connecting. We should connect. Yeah. Like I'm like, what does this even mean? No, like, who knows?
0: So then um, the uh, third thing that you attribute your success to your recent success through the pe- uh, pandemic is, is taxes. What What is that about? Yeah. So I actually started a CPA company for real estate investors. Um, Which, by the way, just go on the record here. I had that same idea. And I also hate that you started that before me. But go ahead. <laughs> Anyways, it's called Truebook
1: CPA. Um, if you guys are interested, you could check it out, truebookcpa.com. But, you know, I, taxes obviously are something that every real estate investor professional needs. And I feel like almost every single person is not happy <laughs> with their accountant, like at least yeah. seven out of 10. And I was the same way. I mean, for the last six years I've been investing, I've, had multiple CPAs, you know, throughout that time. And it's like none of them can stick. Mm-hmm. And as I grew my business further, it just I kept outgrowing my current CPA. And then I have a CPA like, oh well, you can't do that. I'm like, dude, if you're not willing to like even take any type of risk, you ain't the guy. Right. You know? And, you know, eventually I ended up having a guy from Instagram who's younger, um, you know, message me and he had been messaging me for like a year. He was like, Give me a shot. Give me a shot. Like I will do it. And I'm like, dude No offense, and this is very, um, the word would be, I don't know what the word would be, but age discrimination. Um, Is there a word for that? Ageism. Ageism, yeah. So this would be ageism, even though I'm young, because he's like 27, 28. I'm like, dude, you're too young. Like, you know, I need someone with experience who's been through all of this stuff. That's what you thought. Yeah, and he's like, dude, I've worked for all these top people, like, you know, Anderson and all these other ones. And he's like, just give me a shot. So he came to my office, went through everything. I was impressed, and I was like, all right, you got him. And I tell you what, I was ex- I was happy with what I paid. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, bookkeeping was always a problem for us. We could never ever get a bookkeeper because my team was too busy with everything going on, mm-hmm. and my current the CPI had just kept promising a bookkeeper and couldn't perform. Yeah. So eventually, I just said, look, okay you know, I need you to start keeping books as well. And so he did that, crushed it. And, you know, we did that for last year. And towards the end of the year, I'm like, you know, during the time, I always have people asking me, hey, who's your CPA? Who's your CPA? And I'm like, why wouldn't I just start a company and like do this? Because why would I just keep referring out like all these CPAs? If, yeah. you know, whatever. And so I said, let's just start a company. And he was like, I'm down. So he quit his job. Um, we started True Books and it's been great. We got a bunch of really good real estate investors across the nation. Um, and the beauty is we try things on me, (laughs) you know, before Mm -hmm. we release it to everyone else, you know? So it's like all the templates and everything that we're doing, all the different strategies on how I can not avoid taxes, but legally not pay taxes. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we're doing it on me and you know, trying to help other people out as well. So, um, it's been a good venture. Uh, you know, we've, got a lot of great clients and you know for us it's been a very big key to our success because I think last time I was on the show I was I think I told you straight up I'm like honestly my books kind of suck like I yeah. can't even tell you like my legit KPIs cuz I just don't know mm-hmm. like I know we make money
0: and um, <laughs> which it sounds horrible but that's how most people are like it's easily like there are so many people like people that are doing business right now like how many times have you have you thought like I know I'm making money right but I don't know where it is
1: well and even in collective genius my very first meeting with them in December was um the theme was profit first mm-hmm. the guy um, Mike McAllowitz, Mike, Mike he wrote it and basically the the issue was dude you make money but where's it at yeah <laughs> why, why is my bank always low it mm-hmm. makes no sense I'm making great revenue it's because we don't have the numbers yeah. you know and for that to still be a problem at a high level group like CG what is it like for the rest of the country mm-hmm and it was that way for me for every year up until this year once i finally partnered with my cpa yeah. and put him in house you know and created a company and now it's like oh my gosh if i showed you our spreadsheets and our charts and everything i i'd have a hard time believing anyone has you know better perform like being able to see what they see yeah and it just allows us to operate so much better i can see you know hey okay this marketing is working we should you know, do more, we should do less. Okay, we're paying a lot of money to, you know, this particular contractor, this, you know, labor, whatever Mm -hmm. the case is like, oh man, we spent, you know, $17,000 on office supplies, how'd that happen? I was looking at that yesterday (laughs) and I was like, oh wait, we um, moved into a new office, that's why. (laughs) We bought a bunch of crap.
0: Yeah, so I think (laughs) there's something to be said for clarity because like I had the same problem, like, it's embarrassing, but like the first 10, 12 years, 10-11 years in my business. I was making a lot of money and I had no idea where it was. Right. Right. And it was this constant frustration and I finally hired a bookkeeper. Like I said, like I had this idea, you beat me to it. But <laughs> You could still start your own. Oh, I can still start my own. I'm just mm. a little bit further behind now. And so <laughs> but it is a frustration that I don't know where what's going on. And now I have full clarity. Right. And now like for me what I have is not only do I have a bookkeeper, not only am I tracking uh, the the uh, P&Ls reviewing on a regular basis, but um, you know I read uh, simple numbers, and uh, after reading simple numbers, we started using the the, the metrics by uh, Greg Crabtree, which he talks about projecting. Mm-hmm. So like because when you look at P&Ls, you're looking at like the past thirty days, right? So if you review it, if you review last month's on the first week, then right. you're looking thirty days in the, in the review, which is fine. It's better than ninety nine percent
1: of business owners out there. Yeah, way better.
0: Right. But now we're projecting so we can say, okay, we know our our expenses, right on a monthly basis, right? And we know what we got in contract, we know what's lined up to close. And now we can project our revenue for the next four weeks, the amount of confidence, be able to look at your, your P&Ls for the last 30 days, but also project where your cash balance is going to be 30 days from today, right? It's crazy. And it's, it's hard to describe, right? But you just know, you're just comfortable now, right? So I think that's Absolutely huge that you you guys did that.
1: Well, and I'll say the one thing, right, to go back to COVID and projecting. Um, For those who've been following me on Instagram and stuff, I've been projecting kind of what's going to happen, just my opinion, you know, not just like, hey, this is how I'm playing it. And they've been pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, And thankfully, I've been acting on those. And like we talked about earlier, investing and buying. But it goes back to the projections, like you said, you know, at the end of Q1, when COVID started happening, we had what you're talking about. We had the Q1 numbers, mm-hmm. which were great, and, but we also had our projection. Because especially with flipping, we have the inventory already, yeah. right? So we can project pretty good what we're gonna make. Right. And we also have to do that with our marketing because flipping's different than wholesaling. Like, yeah, we have what actually closed and we made money on, but if I already bought a flip, I gotta account for that somehow to know if the marketing's working. Mm-hmm. And so we also, you know, we go by closed and projected profit on everything. And so when we were going over Q2, we're like, hey, you know, projection wise, we got a lot of money coming in. So we can definitely take a shot and start buying, you know, more deals if people don't want to buy. Right. And then that's part of the reason why I've been talking about it in Q3. Um, I'm doubling marketing because I can see the projection. You know, I'm like, we bought all these Q2 deals. Not all of them have sold. You know, we sold a couple. But the flip life cycle is five months for us. So it's like all this stuff I bought in Q2 still hasn't sold, but they were fat deals. Mm-hmm. So I know that we're going to have a lot of revenue in Q3. And so I can take a shot and really raise the marketing budget. So it's decisions like that. If you have the numbers that you're able to make,
0: or if you know the finances, that's like, there are so many skills you need to have to be successful in this business, right? At a high level. At a high level. so like marketing is important. We can't understate that. Sales is important. Um, people is Operations. important. Operations. Operations. But the one that gets overlooked because it's boring and it's not exciting is finances. Right. But it's the most (laughs) important. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, you look at and it sucks to say, but I mean, during covid, there were a lot of wholesalers who went out of business. Yeah. I mean, I saw it everywhere. Guys who were successful for years just either run out of cash um, or just, you know, the marketing doesn't make sense. The ROI. You know when you got guys like me demanding super deep discounts and right the f- these
0: freaking flippers are these taking freaking, advantage of wholesalers right
1: i know dude um you know you got no one to really sell it to and it's like man you can't spend that amount of marketing if your spreads are have diminished that much
0: right and so you see yeah you, if you're normally making between twelve, thirteen thousand, yeah and now you're making three to five because but ryan, you spend the same <laughs> but ryan won't let me make more <laughs> It directly impacts your business. Well, and look,
1: everything's supply and
0: demand. That's economics. Well, I mean, I'm giving you a hard time, but that's just reality. No, I know.
1: And it's like, look, if I'm a flipper and I know no one else is buying, Mm -hmm. who am I competing against? Like, what's the point? Right. Um, You got to look at supply and demand in everything you do. And so it's like, as I look at Q3, talking about projections, I look at supply and demand and I say, okay, there's no supply of housing, so my stuff should sell quick. But when I look at it on the marketing side, there is an excess supply of marketing space with TV and billboards and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. They're going to cut me some major deals because they got to fill that space. It's there. And if they don't use it, it vanishes Mm -hmm. forever. And so we've gotten some crazy deals on billboards and TV. And that's why I'm like double down, because it's like, you know, we're going to spend 60,000 this next month. We were spending 30 for all these other months. So I'm like 60,000 is you got to look at it relative and nominal. And so it's like nominal. Yeah, we're spending 60,000. But relative to what it was a year ago, that 60,000 is really like 120,000. Wow. Because we're getting more ad space because it's just cheaper right now. It's less competition. There's less competition supply and demand. Yeah. So I think the key is always, hey, where can I like where is something undervalued? Where are people not?
0: Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great point. So let's see. Let's get some questions here. <laughs> Gary Harper says you're a TikTok king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we asked the question, how do you find masterminds in your local area? Love the nerd tax talk. Man, the nerd tax talk. I can geek out on it. I mean, I've gone pretty deep. I went from something that I absolutely hated and, and like, I kept saying, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. Right. To now I can't look forward to doing it on Tuesday mornings. What is the nerd tax talk? I don't even know. Well, <laughs> Taxes, PNLs, injections. You do that? I do that. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Oh no no no! He's they're saying this show.
1: Oh. Yeah. You know, if you got my partner Matt on here, he's the um, actual C P at True Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like the guinea pig face. He, um, <laughs> if you put him right here, he would not shut up. Like he, <laughs> I have to always tell him like Matt. <laughs> just, you're done. Like, <laughs> I don't. I cannot listen to you talk about a number
0: any longer. Uh, Terrence Lee is asking King Kong. Yes. King Kong Kong Lee is someone that will respond to us every once in a while. Um, And we're in a mastermind with with King Kong. Uh, uh, Simple Cash Offer wants to know, what CRM are you using? And what is your favorite list? Um, So I use my own custom one. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: I just didn't like any of them. But I don't recommend people go custom either. I also (laughs) don't recommend people go it will not be worth it for ninety nine percent of people yeah um i would just get one of these mainstream ones i don't i don't endorse anyone i mean yeah they're all pretty much similar um was the second part of that what's your favorite list oh favorite list (sighs) i mean we don't really do that too much anymore um because we're on tv and we're going the lawyer approach like Mm -hmm. i talked about so it's like there's no list you just play some ads
0: this is people uh, that will call you
1: right and with cold calling and everything we have everyone's data so it's just like we call everyone. Yeah. Um, but if I had to pick a best list for um, somebody new starting out, you know, a lot of people would say pre foreclosure. I would not pick free foreclosure right now. There are none like everybody's on hold.
0: Everyone's on hold. There's no new pre foreclosure. Still people facing foreclosure. I think there's just no more new foreclosures. Yeah.
1: But the problem is mortgage forbearance can be up to a year.
0: Hmm.
1: So like good. There's no urgency. Yeah. Um, And those people probably don't have jobs. They probably didn't get it back. Like if it was me, think about it. You got to think about everything from other people's perspective. Like if I had a house and I knew I didn't, couldn't get kicked out for at least a year and I don't have a job. I don't have to pay. I don't have to pay anything because I can get mortgage forbearance now. Like what's the point? Like why would I sell? Well, anywhere you go is gonna be more expensive. Right, I couldn't even rent. I don't have a job or anything. Like who's gonna rent to me? Right. So to me, I wouldn't be going after pre-foreclosure right now. Um, I think absentee is going to be a better list because you have these landlords with tenants not paying. I I really think that's a good list. I've heard people talk about going after Airbnbs. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, right before the show, I just um, released a YouTube on Airbnbs. So if you guys check that out after the show, Mm -hmm. it's Ryan Pineda show. That's the YouTube. But we talk about how my Airbnbs did during COVID. And I can tell you, just a little teaser, you know, we couldn't rent any of them for like two months because it was illegal. And then, you know, if, if there's guys who don't have reserves and they can't rent them, they need to sell.
0: Yeah, oh, that makes total sense. Um, Enrique Espinosa wants to know, how did baseball influence you in real estate? Man,
1: that is a great question. Um, it's hard to say just one thing, but uh, one thing I'll say is, I think that was harder than anything like most people have to do. Um, to be disciplined, to try and wake up and perform at the highest level every single day, to constantly be training towards like the greater goal of getting to the big leagues, mm-hmm. you know, it's like every day you have to do something to get yourself closer to that goal. And I, so I always lived in that mindset of like the big picture, even when I was 12 years old, you mm-hmm. know, it's was like, I'm going to be in the big leagues one day. It's just I can't even be there right now, but I know in 10 years, that's where I want to be. And, um, I take kind of the same mindset in real estate now, because it's like you grow up feeling that way. It doesn't change. Like, you don't just become complacent. Right. Like out of nowhere. And so now it's like, hey, every day I need to improve my business one way or another. Am I doing the best things I can? Am I eating right? Am I getting enough sleep? Eh, I saw those donuts. I know I'm not doing it. I need to. <laughs> I need to step it up. Um, you know, am I pushing my business forward, learning new things? Like, I think it just comes with that constant improvement.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I and I think that's huge, right? Um, Nilesh wants to know, are you doing any social media ads? Yeah. What are you doing for social media ads? I mean, it's just for
1: my personal brand. It's not for like, um, you know, buying houses from mm-hmm. sellers. Um, I just run ads for you know
0: education stuff. Yeah, I mean, what I do just to build my brand is anytime there's like this ad is performing better, ninety-five percent of the ads. You want to boost it? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, we've run Facebook
1: ads just very sparingly, not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually hired a YouTube um, ad guy. So if you guys are watching YouTube, you'll probably see the ads here probably later this month.
0: Yeah. Uh, Daniel wants to know Graham Stefan. Oh, who who is Graham? It's Graham Stefan, Daniel. Sorry for missing that. Uh, what is your cash on cash return benchmark, I guess, for a flip? Infinite. I don't want to put any of my cash in i mean that's that's what's the the lowest acceptable
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean honestly uh i don't know
0: i just don't ever use it i don't you're just looking to make 40k 20 to 40. yeah
1: i mean that's all i'm trying to do and if i have to use my own cat like i never will fund a deal all cash myself like if i have to go get a hard money loan and put you know 30 40k down i'll do that and you know whatever i made i made i don't Mm -hmm. really care about it
0: right um, and then Sam wants to know: Is there a particular um, site you like for skip tracing? Um, I mean, like I said,
1: I mean, I haven't, I barely skip trace, but um, Batch is good. Um,
0: you could definitely use Batch; they're cool. Yep. Uh, and then George wants to know: How is the market performing during the pandemic? And we kind of talked about that a little bit. And how's it? How is it today? So during the pandemic. You know we got
1: a lot of deals um a lot of fallout deals it was weird it kind of came as a wave so right when the pandemic happened you had panic and so Mm -hmm. you got a lot of panic sales and you got a lot of backouts that sellers still needed to sell so we got good deals right out the gate Mm -hmm. then once that wave kind of go or um went through that was when the struggles happened for most people because you had a disconnect in the market you had you know, flippers who think the world is ending, so they need a super cheap price. And then you have sellers who think, oh man, this isn't that bad, you know, whatever. And so whenever there's a disconnect, it's hard to make a deal. Yeah, I would rather us both know the sky is falling or that things are, you know, on the up and up. Yeah. Cause then you can make a deal. Everyone's on the same page. So I think that was why a lot of wholesalers went out of business is because it was tough to make a deal. Yeah. Like it really was. I mean, that first month in March, we got a ton of deals. I think we did like 14 or 15. And then maybe in April, we only did like five or six, but they're high margin deals. Right. Um, and then May was kind of more of the same, like six or seven, whatever it was. And those couple of months were tough to like make a deal. But then now it's like, everyone's on the same page. It's like inventory's low. Um, sellers have now seen like, eh, you know what? I'm okay selling it, whatever. Um, I think flippers still are skeptical but not as skeptical they've come up yeah. sellers have kind of come down a little bit that so, makes sense
0: yeah uh enrique wants to know how do you balance having two kids and a wife with all your business ventures that's a good question i get that question a lot um i think it comes with
1: i was actually you know ryan um zolan, zolan was i was talking to him about this he has the same thing you know i think it comes down to your priorities um and look we're all not perfect even you know, I don't do the best. I could do better. But it comes down to the priorities of when I'm at work. I know that, hey, these are my work hours. I'm not going past this. It's like five o'clock. I need to shut it down and go home. And then I need to do my best to be present at home, mm-hmm. you know, not be working. And I don't succeed every day. My wife will tell you. And, um, you know, some days I'm late. Some days, you know, I'm on the phone. But then there's other days where, you know, it's great. Everything's awesome. Right. So. I think it comes with just having like a drop dead time because a lot of guys especially entrepreneurs you could work
0: you know forever yeah you 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 have a hard time turning it off and you don't feel bad working 80 hours because it's just yeah it's natural yeah Yeah. and
1: so i think you have to force yourself to time but here's what i found is that when you do give yourself a drop dead, you accomplish the same amount of work yeah like you know if you know you have all day you spread it out over all day Mm -hmm. if you know you only have these amount of hours, you get it done
0: miraculously. It's like when you're going to go on vacation. Man, the day before vacation is like the best, most productive time. <laughs>
1: I got to crush this. <laughs> and you do. And you so do.
0: that's what I've done. I've just said,
1: look, um, I'm going to schedule my day where everything has its time slot. And that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Like my day is almost the same every day.
0: Yeah. Um. When we were on the show last time, we were saying, I think was it was all day Wednesday or Wednesday afternoons you took off. Right. So So
1: it's not the case anymore. Um, When we had my son, you know, my first child, it was January of 2019. And um, he was in the NICU for two months. Mm -hmm. So, you know, super stressful time. And then when he got out, you know, we're trying to learn how to be parents. And he's got a doctor's appointment like literally every other day. And my wife was getting overwhelmed. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take Wednesdays off completely and, you know, spend the day at home. I'll work from home, but I'll also be able to help out. And so i did that probably for all of 2019 Mm -hmm. and um my business did not crumble (laughs) somehow miraculously i got everything i needed to get done right and it was great and then um you know once this year came we talked about it and she's like you know i'm good now he's older think you can go back i'm like all right cool you know me going to work is like playing like it's like going yeah it's like all right you can go to recess and (laughs) go have fun with your friends that's what it's like for me totally oh i totally (laughs) agree with that so yeah now i'm
0: back to five days a week but i'll never work weekends i never have that's pretty good um so daniel wants to know how many va's acquisitions dispositions what does your mean what does your business look like right now
1: Okay. So the company structure, um, you have Sean Bob at the top. He is the COO. Um, he manages everything. Um, under him is Monty who is our marketing and dispositions guy. So he handles making sure the VA's are doing what they do. He also dispose deals when we do wholesale, We probably wholesale maybe like 30% of our stuff. Um, he manages like six or seven VA's that mainly cold call. And, um, That's why I say when you have that many VAs, you're pretty much going to burn through the data. So we Mm -hmm. just call everyone. Um, And then underneath them, acquisition side, this is where hiring Gary was big because we totally changed how we did acquisitions. Um, Most people are trying to close virtually and over the phone. And then I've heard, you know, you have like the left and the right, the virtual people and then the appointment people, right? (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was on the virtual side. You know, we go on an appointment when needed. But then talking to Doug, Um, he was like, no, Doug goes on all his appointments. Like all we do is appointments. I was like, well, you do better than anyone I've ever heard of. So (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what Doug does. And, um, I, I also was risking a lot of money with TV because Mm. before that in 2019, I was spending maybe 10 grand a month. It was nothing. So I was like, eh, if we don't get a deal, whatever. Um, but then it became, Hey, we're spending 30 grand a month now, so we better get a deal. And, um, (laughs) the first month we ran TV in January, we got like one deal. And I was like, this ain't penciling. <laughs> I'm like this. Uh, this might not have been the venture I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And Doug and Darren kept telling me, they said, Ryan, you need to go on appointments like TV requires that. Mm. And um, he's like, they're just that's what you got to do. And I go, all right, sensei, we will we'll try this. And um, yeah, February, I personally went on the appointments and I got over 200 grand in projected profit myself. Wow by myself. I was like, these guys are on to something. And um, so I switched. I completely switched everything. And um, I made my in house. I I basically have two in house guys. You'd call them inside sales reps. And all they do is handle all the inbound leads, you know, and then they decide they they have a rule. If they can't close them in 24 hours, they need to set an appointment. Mm -hmm. They have the ability and the authority to do it because they've done it. But I don't want them trying to close everyone over the phone because we're going to get a better deal in person so you know they will set an appointment and then we have basically four outside sales guys now granted we don't have that many leads where we need four the reason we have four is because we have me which i pretty much only go on the the best appointments we know that are super closeable or motivated whatever because um, my time's super limited um, and then we have a second guy it's basically like our b guy He will go on every other one. I don't, Mm. you know, they they show some type of motivation. Maybe we're unsure. He'll go. Third guy is a listing agent. We've qualified them as only a listing, so he'll go on those. And then we have like basically a hybrid agent. He can go listing or cash. We just don't really know. But we don't want to send our unlicensed guy, you know, on one that might go either way. Right. And I don't want to send my listing agent, you know, if there's possibility of getting cash. Yeah. So yeah, that's really it.
0: Awesome. Um, Leo Aguirre wants to know, what is your why? My why, man,
1: every, you know, I feel like every time my why changes, um, you know, I, my why in life in general is obviously Jesus. Um, people who follow me know that, and I'm passionate about, um, everything with serving and, you know, bringing people to Jesus. But if I was to pick, a non-generic answer of you know faith or family like what else motivates me i mean i'm honestly just like motivated by getting better every day and just succeeding and having more and more success like that literally is what motivates me it's not necessarily like okay i'm working really hard so that i can go buy you know this car or this big giant house or whatever like that stuff doesn't motivate me mm-hmm. it also doesn't motivate me to You know be like oh man i need to um go own the jets like gary v Mm -hmm. like i don't whatever um i just really enjoy the process of getting better every day and then just like dominating like that's it
0: well dominating i mean that's that's and i think that's part of right it's just being a driver is being competitive knowing that you can do better and you won't settle for less
1: well and here's the other funny part about that since you mentioned the word competitive so when i had gary at my office in January. you hear this? I don't know. I think real estate has kind of gotten soft with everybody being buddy buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's like, oh yeah, there's no competition. We're all buddies, and it's true, we are. But Gary's like, no, no, no. He's like, you're an athlete. He's like, you grew up being competitive, like right. your whole life. Yeah. You want to like, you want to kill the other guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I do want to win everything I do. Right. He's like, so why like try and tone it down? Like be you. Yeah. And I was like. I like that i was like so we're just gonna try and be the very best we can be if it means taking over las vegas if it means being the best youtuber there is you know it's like all right you know what if i'm gonna do youtube i might as well try and be the best right i've got my eyes set on being the best if i'm going to you know do TikTok, that's why me and kong have a challenge kong has more followers i'm coming for him you know <laughs> and it's a friendly competition you know right. um and kind he's, of. he's kind of, you know, <laughs> if I sabotage him, whatever, but, um, you know, he's the one who got me on TikTok and, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I just really want to dominate anything I do, whether it's a current venture, a new venture, like that's what brings me more happiness than anything. is like, yep. It's the journey.
0: Yeah. Um, and then I don't know if you have the answer to this then, uh, his follow up question is what is your next big move?
1: Hmm. I mean, I feel like I made a bunch of big moves. Um, I know my my focus. So okay, here's I guess here's a good takeaway from entrepreneurs: is like we all have a million ideas, <laughs> and um, one of my coaching students, his name's Dante, he was talking about all these different ideas he had, right? And I'm like, dude, you need to focus on flipping. Like you you know you're doing one deal a month, that's cool, but these other things don't make you the money that you're like. Just do two three deals a month, like right. focus and. Um, I have the issue too because it's like okay i do have these other businesses like how do i focus on one big venture at a time and i think that's the key is like you do have to focus on the one big venture and not worry about anything else until that is like mastered and complete because mm-hmm. i think we start a lot of projects all at once and then they all fail they all suck
0: i've got i don't even want to look right we had like a closet of all the things that we failed at be <laughs> <laughs> overflowing
1: and yeah, I mean, so like for me, the big venture in January was, hey, we're starting the CPA company. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. It, it's running. Matt's doing his thing. We got clients. Great. Um, now what's the big venture? It's YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. how can I become the best YouTuber I can? That's a business. Yeah. You know? And so that's all I'm focused on. I haven't even thought about like, I'm sure I have thought about other things. I'm like, actually, I was thinking about a clothing company. I was like, you know, what would be tight is like an entrepreneur. Clothing company. I don't yeah. see it. And then I was like, all right, all right. Never That's mind. a terrible like, idea. Yeah, I'm like, let's, let's focus here. <laughs>
0: um, I'll flip it with Rick wants to know what would be harder, making a million dollars in wholesaling fees? I'm going to assume in a year or getting a million YouTube subscribers. Huh.
1: I would guess getting the subscribers is probably harder. You think so? I don't know, dude. That's a good question. That was a good question. Um, I, I mean, as it stands right now, getting a million dollars in wholesale fees is much easier for me.
0: For me right now, I'm a lot closer to a million wholesale fees. than I am to a million subscribers. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jay's asking where you can get a template for a YouTube channel. I'm thinking just Graham's course, right?
1: Right. I mean, other also just watch,
0: just watch how they
1: do it. You know?
0: Yeah. Uh, Brian Leffler wants to know who is Doug, this Doug, this magical Doug we're talking about. <laughs> Doug funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um, Doug Hopkins, man. He's, yeah. he's the man.
0: Doug Hopkins. And I did, an, I did a, uh, a show with him. And I mean, like I say, he's like doing a million of muscles, It's not even that big a deal. Yeah. It's whatever. Um, Brian Davila wants to know who your favorite student is. Oh, geez. freaking Davila.
1: So Davila, um, I uh, it's how can you, you know, it's like naming your favorite child. You can't do that. I already have my favorite child. Well, okay then you can do it. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I'll say about Davila, you're going to have him on this show, yeah. uh, one day. I mean, he's qualified to come on the show now, but um, it's funny because like he reached out to me maybe two plus years ago before I was ever doing anything with coaching or whatever. He's like, you want to mentor me? You want to mentor? I'm like, no. And he's like, what's it going to cost? I'm like, I don't even know, man. Like, I don't even have a program. Like, you know, he was all about it. And then finally, when I held my first ever event and the end of 2018, I did a Facebook live announcing it and he was the first guy he was like, I'm in. And, you know, it sold out really quick. I was like, all right, cool, man. And then when I held my first, um, you know, coaching, when I was finally like, hey, coaching. He's like, I'm in like, so he's the man. So yeah. just on the basis of being a guy who's been in there from the ground up and obviously doing super well in California, if you guys are um, in SoCal and you have deals hit uh, Brian Devilla up because he'll be able to flip them and buy them from you or list them. He's a great realtor, too. Yeah. So um, you can, you can be the favorite for
0: now, dude. For at least a minute. At least a minute. Um, and then uh, I, I would say, uh, my kids ask me who, you know, the favorite kid, whatever. I always tell them, it's the blue car in the garage. <laughs> it's it's yeah. the Tesla. That's the favorite kid. I'm sorry, girls. Like, I love you guys, but this one does not talk back. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't crap. No. <Nope. laughs> so... um. We're wrapping up here. So I want you to think about one takeaway you want to leave all the listeners with, and I'll just make, just announce next week. We've got Steven Morales. He's coming out here from, I think Tampa. So we're going to have the battle of the closer. So we did a closers Olympics. I thought he was the one that was the most intimidating. So, <laughs> uh, he was the only one I was worried about and he was good. So yeah. we're going to see him next week. Um, uh, so last thoughts,
1: Last thoughts, um, I guess, uh, maybe two thoughts. One selfish thought, go follow my YouTube, uh, <laughs> Ryan Pineda Show. Yeah. Um, other giveaway, I would say when well, I give away, but um, value, I guess don't worry too much about what the media is saying right now. Um, you know, had I worried about everything everyone else was saying three, four months ago, I would have probably cost myself a million dollars, Yeah. you know? And so it's like, make your own decisions. You know, look at the data, look at what people, I guess, you respect are doing um, and get all the feedback you can. And you may even disagree with them. You know, I know in Collective Genius, when it all went down while we were at the event, every not every, but like 70, 80 percent of them were very like, I'm liquidating. Mm-hmm. You know, "I'm this is I'm scared. And you have to realize everyone's in a different spot in life, whereas, you know, guys in that group are older and they got families and all this stuff like they can't start over no they're like dude I it I don't need to go like if I miss out on money it's okay right, right. whereas a lot of the young guys who listen to this show I consider myself young it's like dude I'm willing to take a risk dude like right. this could really push things forward for me and my company if I'm right and if I'm wrong so be it
0: right start over. I will rebuild yeah. you
1: know it's like I've done this before and I have way more knowledge and resources and everything than I had before I can do it again that's
0: my attitude. How old are you right now? 31. 31. So I, I watched this great video by Patrick Red David. Yeah, I love him. And every year, he on his birthday, he's like, am I better than the guy last year? Yeah. Right. And one question, because he's 40, he's maybe 41. He looks older, but. <laughs> <laughs> his question was, can, like, would I rather be 40-year-old me or 27-year-old me? Right. Because 27, and I, and I watched that video, and I was thinking the same thing, right? 27-year-old me was vicious. Right. was like working at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right. was ready to go at all times. And that 27 year old me thought he knew a lot. Right. Right. <laughs> but he really didn't. Right. Right. So I think that's a good point. Like, you know, 31 Ryan versus how old were you when you started?
1: Well, I got licensed when I was 21. But I started flipping when I was 25.
0: 25. Right. So 31 Ryan. Yeah. Versus 25 year old Ryan. Right. Like, yeah, I know way more. There's like a chasm. Right. Between the two guys. Not even close. Yeah. Right. So So. it's like, if
1: I have to restart, you know, we'll be okay.
0: Right. Awesome. So if someone wants to get a hold of you or find your YouTube channel, how did, how did he do that?
1: So best ways to just find me on all the socials, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, it's all the same, Ryan Pineda show. Um, If you want to shoot me an email, you can do that as well. Uh, Ryan at futureflipper.com. Those are the best ways to do it.
0: Awesome. Great show. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Won't Look, shake your hand, but. Right. Look forward to hanging out tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Thanks. Disrupt us, disrupt us,
2: disrupt us. Yeah. yeah. See, we real estate disrupt us. Can't nobody touch us. And yeah, we're about to give you game. Shout, Shout out to Steve Train. Real estate disrupt us. Disrupt us, disrupt us. They cannot touch us. And yeah, we about to give you game. Shout out to Steve Train. Jump on the Steve Train. We about to give you game. REI's flowing through my veins. And you don't have to look no further. See right here, you gon' learn everything. Shout out to Steve Train. Jump on the Steve Train. We real estate disrupt us. See, we real estate disruptors. Yeah, see, we real estate disruptors.